Welcome to Talking on Tap, ABMBAB's podcast series. I'm Elaine McCrimmon, Global Director of Reputation and External Engagement, and pleased to bring to you a very special interview. This week, amidst the crisis in Ukraine, I speak to Tracy Stallard, Global Vice President of Experiential and Draftline, our in-house agency, and Anna Rodenko, Marketing Director of ABMBAB Ukraine, to discuss introducing Ukraine's most loved beer, Chernigivsky, into countries across the globe and using our ABMBAB profits from the beer to provide humanitarian aid. This commitment builds on our efforts to date, which include providing critical assistance to 1,800 Ukrainian employees and their families, and the donation of 2 million cans of emergency drinking water. We've partnered with other companies and nonprofits to provide food, blankets, and medical supplies to Ukraine and the surrounding areas. Currently, more than 6.4 million Ukrainians are fleeing the country and a third of the population is displaced. So just how can a beer company support with humanitarian aid through Ukrainian beer? Let's find out from two leaders that are at the forefront. It is with great pleasure that I get a chance to introduce you to Tracy Stallard, our Global VP Experiential and Draftline AB InBev's in-house agency, and Anna Rodenko, the Marketing Director of AB InBev Ukraine. Anna and Tracy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us, Elaine. It's such a treat and a pleasure to be here. Hi, Elaine. Thank you for inviting. Uh, really glad to join you today. First of all, our thoughts are with the people of Ukraine right now during such a crisis and human tragedy. Beer is inherently local. We're integral to communities where we live and work. Anna, can you share a little bit more about how ABMBAV is supporting and specifically the humanitarian aid we've given? Yes. So during the, the crisis, ABMBAV have been supporting Ukrainian people a lot with the humanitarian help. More than 3 million cans of drinking water was sent to Ukraine, as well as blankets and food supplies and some uh, basic hygiene supplies which people needed. And actually using the logistics of the company, the company managed to bring all these necessities to people in the most dangerous areas where the people needed them the most. So I think the help from the company was huge and it was really, really appreciated. And the next initiative, which is really important for Ukrainian people and which will help a lot, is the launch of Chernigivsky brand with all the profits going to Ukraine. And this is not only the humanitarian effort, but also I think that it's very important in terms of supporting the, the spirit and culture of people because for Ukrainians, it's very touching to see their loved brand becoming a global one and bringing the culture and giving a chance to people around the world to try it and share it with the Ukrainians who are arriving to Europe. This is a piece of Ukraine outside of Ukraine for them. And this is yeah. very heartwarming. Yeah. People are very proud of their local beers and national pride and great for us to be able to provide that assistance, especially emergency water. And now with this beer, Tracy, can you tell us a little bit more about how this became a global effort? Yeah, definitely. There's often this conversation on is being big bad. And I think this is one of those really special instances where being a big company is such an asset that we have. 
you know, when Anna and her team have this amazing idea of what if we, you know, started brewing Chernigivsky in places outside of Ukraine, the team was incredibly, incredibly inspired by that idea. And people from all over the world, you know, in Latin America, in North America, across different countries in Europe, raised their hand and said, I want to be part of this special initiative. I want to open the access that I have to consumers in my own market and to shelves across my home country to Chernigivsky. And, you know, really our hope by doing that is that we allow many, many folks around the world to participate in the humanitarian relief effort for Ukraine. Because I think a lot of times, you know, these are instances where you see a news story about something terrible. You don't know that part of the world. You don't know those people. And beer is such a lovely way for people to connect with what that culture is and to be able to participate in actively giving their money to help humanitarian relief. So it very, very quickly became global. We had a lot of people who put their hands up, a lot of people who were interested to see, you know, how quickly can we, we take this to shelf. And what were the challenges that you've seen along the way, Anna, especially trying to make this beer become a global effort? Was there some challenges along the way you had to face? Yeah, the challenges were to do everything in, in a very short time by squeezing the process of a new brand launch from regular six to eight months to one and a half months. Wow. Uh, yeah. And another one was just to align all the decision with different markets and key stakeholders across the world. And again, in a very short time. And during the launch, I have seen amazing dedication to the project from all the people who participated in it. And the people were super creative in finding solutions on how to speed up the process and launch the beer as soon as possible. Wow, that really is fast, Tracy, isn't it? And can you share, Tracy, what markets we're now in? I'm very pleased to share with you both that I have tasted the beer and it is fantastic. Ah, We had a happy hour in our New York office and it tastes great. So for all those listeners that get the chance, Tracy, please reveal where they can get it. Yeah, we are, you know, we have brought this product to many, many markets across Europe. I think it's over 12, right, Anna? Keep me honest here on the the exact number, as well as the US, Canada, Colombia, and also Brazil. So really multiple parts of the world where consumers are now able to sip and taste and try. And it is, as Anna said, not an easy feat to suddenly start producing a beer that you only produced in one country and many places around the world. So we have a great brewing team that has been a huge partner here with us. And Tracy, tell us about Draftline's part in the rollout of Chernivitsky. I mean, what does it mean to the team to be involved in this effort? Yeah, I think, Elaine, it actually goes back to, I think, where not only we were as an organization in 2020, but many other organizations, which was kind of struggling with a very fast changing environment where sort of all the plans that we had, we had to tear up and we had to start over from scratch. And at that moment, you know, we realized that, again, through the power of how many creative individuals we have across the Draftline community, which is our in-house agency, that we could unlock great ideas that could impact people all around the world right away. So we started a process that we call Ideas for Good at that time, which was really this idea of fast idea, creative ideation to discover what are ways that we can quickly make an impact. And when this terrible tragedy broke out in Ukraine, we said, hey, let's do the exact same thing. Let's think about how we can tap into and utilize this network of creative individuals that we have around the world 
who, yes, are able to make ideas, but they also make designs. They also make strategies. They also make media placements. And can we use that to quickly get this brand to shelf? I think in the past, as a marketing team, you know, we work with many different agencies in different parts of the world. And I think that serves us in a lot of ways in certain moments. But in a moment like this, where we want to go quickly and we want to go as a unit and a team, I think it was really important to have the Draftline team on board. And I think Anna can probably comment more on this than I can, but I think working with the team was a very moving experience for them because they felt that as employees, they were really meaningfully impacting and helping during this crisis. In general, I think that Chernigovsky project is a very special one because it gives opportunity to help, to contribute to many people. It shares a lot of love to people and from people. Yeah. And this is something that makes it very, very special for many of us. Yeah, I could see that at the global office, the extent to which the amount of pride and regardless of all the competing priorities people have. When it came to this project, of course, it was top of mind and everyone wanted to be involved, make it happen, make it happen quickly, but also being able to not just have their input and what they could do as an employee, but by sharing this beer, allowing consumers to be part of that process and part of that journey, enjoying the beer and also being able to help with the Ukraine efforts as well. And Anna, if you could share with us the partners that we've worked with and the organizations in terms of providing that humanitarian aid and how that is actually helping people of Ukraine. So we are working with the two key organizations, the CARE, Ukraine Crisis Fund and Caritas International. And these are really reputable organizations which are really able to help in the most difficult areas to bring humanitarian help in the areas where not many other organizations can really reach and help people. And this is what makes these partners the best for this project, because currently in Ukraine, the situation is quite tough, especially in some regions and with the difficulties with the logistics and even in connection with the humanitarian aid. Yeah. And you've just yourself recently relocated to Belgium with your family. Can you tell us about your own experience? Yes. At first, actually, I relocated to Prague and then moved to Belgium to be closer to the Chernigovsky project team. In general, relocation is not an easy thing, and especially when it was not planned. So I had to make decisions quite fast on the relocation, and nobody was prepared to that, as in the normal situation we would do. But my colleagues in Belgium and also in Western Europe and the global team and everybody with whom actually I had the chance to communicate, all the people were super welcoming and supporting to me and to my family. And this helped a lot to deal with some stress and anxiety, which I had over the situation in Ukraine, over the relocation. And because of being away from a part of my family, which stays in Ukraine and away from my friends. Yeah, and the more I stay live in Belgium, the more I like the international spirit and openness. And this is important for a foreigner to feel that you could, you know, belong in this place. And this helps to adopt to this relocation. Yeah, Anna, as I said earlier, you really are an inspiration and a true leader in this organization to go through what you have in Ukraine and relocating and spearheading such an amazing initiative that we can all truly be proud of, rally behind and get consumers to rally behind as well. 
it's an amazing effort and we're so proud of what we've been able to achieve here, but you're such an inspiration to us all. Can you share a little bit more about the Chernigivsky story and the history and the culture behind the beer? Yeah, with pleasure. So the brand is named after one of the oldest and most important cities for uh, Ukraine's culture and history, Chernigiv. And the brand was brewed for uh, families of Chernigiv to celebrate the city's 1,300 years anniversary. And over the years, brand was supporting the major national events and symbols like national football team of Ukraine, Olympic team, Eurovision, which took place in Ukraine. Also, we were sponsoring a famous Ukrainian boxer at the time, Vladimir Klitschko, who is now a Kiev major. And the brand was celebrating the Independence Day of Ukraine with different projects like limited edition cans featuring Ukrainian songs, projects like Why I Love Ukraine and Yes, I'm Ukrainian. So brand have been speaking and talking about the Ukraine, Ukrainian culture for many, many years. And it has been on the list of top loved uh, brands in Ukraine. Yeah, I can see it being loved the world over right now. And great to be able to share that. Tracy, over to you now, thinking through Draftline and some of our most successful initiatives have really been hyper-local. How do you foster that kind of mindset within the team that you lead? Yeah, it's a great question. I think at the end of the day, initiatives and great creative work isn't about whether it's big or local or small, or it's about a great idea that has impact on consumers. And the first step really in that process is understanding those consumers, right? So we focus a lot on what I always call the who and the what. So that's who are these people and what is the reality that they live in in their world? So for example, on the project around Chernigivsky, what we understood and realized was there were a lot of people in other countries outside of Ukraine who wanted to be able to participate and help in this initiative. But unfortunately, it does take a little bit of work to be able to log into a donation site, put your donation in. And so Anna and her team said, what if we just had the idea of, hey, it's as easy as buying a beer. You go to the store just like you normally do. You purchase that product and you're able to buy that beer. A lot of the initial work that the Draftline team did was trying to understand what were also the core needs that Ukrainian refugees had. And Anna spoke at length before on some of the big problems that we're trying to support through this project and help tackle. But it was really critical for us to understand, was it food scarcity? Was it needing more water? Was it needing help with housing relocation? And I think that's where at a moment like this, social listenings and things like that start to become really, really important. So we always start from that idea of understanding the consumer, which we really believe then unlocks great creative ideas. And when we are doing that within Draftline and our 12 different teams all around the world, we have the opportunity to really learn and listen to a lot of people in different parts of the world. And that's where you'll start to see some things that pop up that are local and some things that might start local, but then become global like this initiative. And that's a really special way that we try to work and inspire each other almost. And can you share a little bit more about your role leading the in-house agency at Draftline? Because it's quite unique within any organization. Can you explain for our listeners exactly what that entails? Sure, sure. You know, three years ago, we started on this journey to become a growth-minded organization. And we said one of the ways that we're going to become a growth-minded organization is by unlocking more creativity and thinking about how we can generate and create that growth. 
And we looked within you know, the marketing team and we said, there's really four problems that we see in our organization, in our team that we're not actively solving today. The first one was, we said, we don't know our consumers well enough. So again, that's the who and the what. The second thing that we said was, we see the world of content and media and media channel purification only growing over time. And it's critical that we start to do more of our content development work closer to where we're also building and activating our media strategies, because those help each other in terms of one has learnings that the other one then is able to benefit from and sort of generate and grow. The third thing that we felt was an issue was we didn't have creativity close to the business, right? So there are a lot of business problems that might have seemed, oh, you know, this is outside of a brand or this is outside of the marketing team. And by having only partners who sat outside of the ABI organization, we didn't have creative thinkers who were close to the business that could spot these opportunities almost without being briefed and asked to do so. And then the fourth challenge that we sort of saw was, you know, we said the world's changing constantly and we see a increasing need for more specialized talent within our team. And we also see the need to create a space that those people can be successful in a community that those people can be successful and grow and thrive in. And so Draftline was really the answer to those four core challenges. How do we generate a team that can understand consumers well, create great creative ideas and thinking and solutions for consumers, and then really ultimately engage with consumers in a seamless way and bring that message and that idea to them in an impactful way. Fantastic. Can you share, when you think back at Can last year and some of the wins what can we be expecting this year at Cannes? Oh, man, if I knew that, I would probably be playing in Vegas more. Um, I don't know. You know, I think, um, you know, some of the changes that we're seeing in the creative world today, I think it's one, this motion more towards consumer solutions rather than branded advertising solutions. And I think we're going to continue to see that trend play out at Can. Yeah. Consumers have a lot of choice in how they consume content, where they consume content, how they spend their time. And therefore, it's on us to uh, you know, rise to the moment and meet that challenge. I think the other thing that we're going to see a lot at CAN is sort of this idea of developing ideas and initiatives that speak directly to relevant topics in the world today. I think in the past, brands have sort of shied away from wanting to do things that had a high degree of relevancy from a cultural perspective. And now I think we're starting to see an evolution there. Again, I think Chernigovsky is a great example of something yeah. that was incredibly topical. And things that are topical are the things that matter to consumers. So that's definitely another thing that I, I think we'll see. And hopefully we'll be able to win some things. But I think the biggest thing that we're most excited for at Can this year is AB and Bev being named Can Creative Marketer of the Year, which is a huge accomplishment for us as a team all across the entire organization, not even just marketing, but you know, our colleagues in sales, our colleagues in supply that help us to bring all of this to life. And again, it's special for us because we made the decision three years ago to start on this journey. And it's great to see some recognition for the point that we've reached. Yeah, I'd say that that pride goes beyond marketing and sales. I think it definitely has instilled creativity throughout the entire organization and reaching creative marketeer of the year is fantastic. Just before we close, Anna and Tracy, I would love to hear the feedback that you've been getting both internally and externally on this Chernigivsky launch. Anna, what feedback have you specifically gotten? 
You know, probably the most touching feedback I get and I see is that I'm following a couple of groups on Facebook with the Ukrainians in Belgium. And when the news on Chernigivsky launch was posted there, and it was not posted by me, actually. So some other person posted it there. And I saw the comments from people. So Ukrainians ran to the shops to buy some Chernigivsky to share with their hosts who are accepting them in Belgium and providing their housing for Ukrainians. And they uh, drink and say that it tastes like home and they treat people in Belgium with our beer. I think this is very touching. Yeah, absolutely. This is the best feedback I think we could have. Yeah, and I think the amazing thing too is just how many of the partners in our overall supply chain have reached out to us to ask how they can get involved We recently launched the brand at O2 Arena in London. That was them reaching out to us saying, hey, is there some way that we can also get involved in this? We've seen retailers. I think, Anna, keep me honest here, but I think Canada is the second highest number of Ukrainians outside of Ukraine, right? Um, And we saw just time and time again, retailers reaching out to us saying, how can we get involved? We want to stock this. We want to be part of this. And a lot of those retailers even saying, hey, I also want to donate my portion of the profits on this. Like, I think this right. is such an amazing initiative and, and you know, I want to be a part of it. So, so I think the support we've seen has been huge. If I may, we see the same, exactly the same attitude from our partners in Europe. So, for example, all the retailers in the UK who we contacted, they started selling Chernigivsky and also the, some of them are donating their profits as well. And we are actually partnering not only with the O2 Arena, but we are partnering with the FA Cup. So Chernigivsky was present during the finals on at Wembley and also EPL League supporting us. So we get huge support from all the partners because partners want to participate because the initiative is really very important and people want to contribute as well. That is great. Fantastic initiative all around. Well, thank you, Anna. And thank you, Tracy. Thanks for coming on the show. Of course. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Lane. It was a nice conversation. Bye for now. It is amazing to witness how our teams around the globe are coming together during a global crisis of uncertainty and supporting the Ukrainian people. The tragedy taking place in Ukraine is devastating for all of us, wherever we are in the world. That just leaves me to say a big thank you to Tracy Stallard, Global Vice President of Experiential and Draftline, and Anna Rudenko, Marketing Director of ABM Bab Ukraine for being featured on our podcast. Anna, thank you so much for sharing your story. Our thoughts are with you, your family, our colleagues, and the people of Ukraine during these incredibly difficult times. Thank you to all our team in Europe and all those involved in this initiative. If you'd like to learn more, please visit ab-inbev.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us. And if you think others will enjoy it too, please share. We are AB InBev. This is Elise Puma from the AB InBev legal team. This podcast was recorded and is being made available by AB InBev solely for informational purposes and is general in nature. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed or provided in this podcast, including by speakers who are not officers, employees, or agents of AB InBev, are not necessarily those of AB InBev and may not be current. 
AB InBev does not make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the content contained in this podcast, nor does AB InBev offer any sort of legal, financial, or other advice in the podcast content. Any liability, therefore, is expressly disclaimed. Certain of the statements may have been forward-looking in nature and based on current expectations and views of future events and developments of the speakers, and are naturally subject to uncertainty and changes in circumstances. AB InBev does not undertake any obligation to provide any form of update, amendment, change, or correction to any of the information, statements, comments, views, or opinions set forth in this podcast.